God bless you tonight. I praise God for each and every one of you that just took your time out for living the word. I thank God for your prayers, and we thank God for all that um, the saints are doing in kingdom work. Let us pray before we go into our lesson on tonight. Oh, God, our Father and our strength tonight, we do humbly thank you from the bottom of our hearts for all that you've done for us. God, you have been so good to us. You've been so kind. You've been so generous. And I just want to thank you tonight. I thank you for your keeping power. I thank you for putting into us through your divine word on how to love and how to treat each other. And God, not only that, but just to be a lover of the things that you have given us. God, I love you so much tonight, and I thank you for each and every one tonight that is tuned in with us tonight. I pray the power of healing tonight over your people everywhere, for you are the God of everywhere. God, you've given us the power of asking, and there's something in the asking. So we can't demand anything from you, but since you told us to ask you, we're asking tonight that you would heal the broken heart, reclaim every backslider in the name of Jesus. And God, as we go into the lesson tonight, your word is already blessed. Now give us the understanding of your word tonight. And let it be a blessing to your people everywhere. I pray, God, that you give those that are coming tonight in person traveling mercies in the name of Jesus. And what of the danger seen and unseen danger? Heal in our families here and everywhere. And to be so careful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Use me tonight as a conduit. Use me tonight so your word will go out. With clarity and understanding, I ask. And let it be a building of the spiritual man. And let it give us the insight to know how to do what to do. And so we can win souls, one soul at a time for your kingdom. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. And we love you tonight, and we thank God for each and every one of you. On tonight, I want to talk about Let's focus on the cross. We are in a season of preparing ourselves for um, celebration, the celebrating of Easter. So we are in the preparations of that. If the, if the Lord says the same and delay is coming and we're not caught up in the rapture, we will be preparing to enjoy um, our um, resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so there's so many things that are happening in the world, so many things that are going on. And I wanted to bring some attention to focus on the cross. My brothers and sisters, we um, look at those, the things that are happening in the political arena and um, what's going on politically and um, some of the laws that they've made and uh, dealing with um, gender 
and uh, different choices. And so there's so many things going on. And it's so um, powerful. Something that First Lady Clay said years and years ago and um, in the message that she was bringing forth to the people. And she made a statement and she said, whatever happens in the White House eventually comes to our house. And that's exactly what is happening and will happen. And so um, things that are happening in the White House and things will come to our house. And then when I say our house, it even it comes to the faith family, the house of faith, our churches. And it, um, it, it, it brings us to the place of really, I, I think, and it's a good place um, to challenge our faith to challenge our faith, to really, really know um, what we really believe in. And uh, do we really believe the gospel? Do we really believe in what God has done for the world? Do we, are we really faith believers? So tonight I want to deal with, let's focus on the cross. Um, if you look at, and I'm a couple of scriptures that I wanted to, I wanted to look at, um, and I think I really want to um, get your Bibles, get 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 your get your Bibles, and let's look at Matthew's chapter twenty-four and verse twenty-four, because I really want to go over to First Timothy, Saint Matthew chapter twenty-four. And verse 24. And Jesus speaks and says, For there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, that they shall deceive the very elect of God. Um, to be fooled. If it's possible, the things that are going on, the things that are going on in our world, in our communities, in our lives, scriptures say if it's possible that they should even fool the very chosen of God. Now, that being said, um, if you have not how can I say this? I, I would like to say take a survey, but I really don't want to use the word survey. But we're being challenged. You and I, the faith community, we're being challenged like never before. If we really know the God of the Bible, if we are really in tune with what the Spirit is saying, to the church. We say that we believe and actually most of the time you, when you talk to individuals that will tell you um, I'm a Christian. I believe. But there's something about belief. Belief is action. There's action 
that should follow what you say. And if we do believe that God sent his son, that Jesus went through such a horrific uh, trial, the beating and the scourging that he went through, and left to die, but yet freed us from, through his death, freedoms from the arm and the grasp of Satan. I know it seems like every year around close to this time, we, you know, there's, we talk about the passion of Christ, different movies as have been put out through um, the, uh, the movie outlets that really want to take us back to really what happened with Jesus. And uh, it gives us like an insight. But still, as gory that it was that how they mistreated Jesus, it still, I wonder, does it, it still seems like it's not powerful enough to make us want to change our lives. So, I want to talk about tonight again, and I want to look at, let's focus on the cross, but I want to bring something that's interesting before we go into some parts of um, our scripture text, because I'm going to go keep your Bible, because I want to go over to 1 Timothy um, and hold that, 1 Timothy chapter 1. If you could hold that for me. Um, there's, There's... If you have not heard, and maybe some of you are familiar with the Lent, Lent season, Lent season, and um, scripturally, there's not, there's not a scripture that backs it up, there's not a biblical scripture that backs Lent, um, but I just want to give you a little, just a history on it, so you really understand, um, there's... Mark chapter 1 and verse 15. And when you when you find it, Mark chapter 1 and verse 15, it says, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now, underline that, repent and believe the gospel. My brothers and sisters, would you think that that would be an easy task to do? Repent and believe the gospel. The time that God promised has, has came. It's been announced. Christ fulfilled his purpose. So repent and believe that our sins may be forgiven. Well, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God tonight. Repent and believe. Why is that? Repent ye and believe the gospel. Why does it seem like that's a hard thing to do? Repent and believe the gospel. Let me share with you. 
I told you Matthew um, 20 and 24. It was possible the devil fooled the very elect of God. Uh, my brothers and sisters, the, the attack of the enemy, it is so powerful, but it's so subtle because what is the truth and so plain, we're missing it. It says, repent and believe the gospel. We are finding so much. I don't know if this is a word or not. Somebody has to help me. Emotionalism, that is a word. Um, we're so emotional. And our senses are at such a height in our spiritual lives that we are so um, emotional. But my brothers and sisters, I praise God tonight that being saved has nothing to do with emotions. It says repent. That's an act. Repenting is a act. It's not a emotional crisis. Repent is an action. Repent and believe. Believe what? The gospel. Now, well, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, my God. Help me, Lord. Help me get through this one. I'm loving it already. Repent and believe the gospel. Now, put a pin in that one. Put a pin there. Now, follow me. Let, let me talk about Lent real quick. And again, I'm, I'm not, I, I, just want, I just want you to know um, that I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not against it. I, I have the understanding and, and, and it's something that, you know, um, to, I, think of, I think of it like this. You know, um, if there's anything that will get you to draw closer to the cross, so be it. I think when I was coming up, there used to be a saying, if the shoe fits, wear it. You know, so in, in the early days, the practice from the very earliest days of the Catholic Church, it really beginning about six weeks before Easter, Lent was a time traditionally set aside for fasting, prayer, and reflection in the preparation to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, all that sounds good. All, all of that's good. Uh, a time to reflect and prepare um, to celebrate Christ's resurrection. Now, I know that historically it has been mostly observed for centuries through the Catholic, the Orthodox, Lutheran, Angelic, Episcopal, and other evangelical Christian churches. Now let me let me um, pause real quick. When you say the word evangelicals, then it pretty much opens up to us today with um, evangelical evangelists preaching, evangelicals 
So don't don't let the word evangelicals mess you up because some a lot of time when you find the word evangelicals, um, it looks like it's pretty much one-sided to one ethnic background. But when you look at the word evangelicals, it pretty much means evangelists, Christian evangelists. Okay, the so the Christian evangelist community. So um, historians um, generally agree that the forty-day remember the the forty-day period before Easter. Now the forty-day period before Easter is known as Lent, and that. Give give or take some of, some of, some of the years, uh, I'll just throw one one uh, date out. Three hundred and twenty five A.D., um, which kind of there's some other dates in there, but this is just a rough a rough observation for you. Um, and then during that time, it seemed to have focused particularly on the practice of fasting. So Lent pretty much was geared to fasting, um, repentance, and reflection before baptism. And that's always around Easter. Uh, and they, they included that. So, and if you notice, sometimes during Lent season, um, and you can go into the more depth, I'm just giving you just a kind of, you know, just a quick brush over it. It included the ceremony of ash. If you notice, some we would put ashes on the forehead and and whatnot, and uh, so that's what that was. So, the the idea of, of fasting that comes from Jesus fasting forty days and forty nights in the desert. My brother and sister, that fasting forty days and forty nights in the desert was preparing Jesus for his ministry. Now, one would say, why does some fast and, and I'll, 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 you know, fast and pray so much? If Jesus, not if, since Jesus fasted himself 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, preparing himself for his public ministry what about us we Jesus knew what he was about to go through we'll praise Jesus he needed to concentrate he needed to focus one thing always stands in the way and that's why tonight I'm talking about focus on focus on the cross is because our flesh and our carnal man is so, oh my goodness, it's, it's like a runaway train. And it's messing with our emotions so bad that to where it's kind of hard to focus on our spiritual man because it is, is a force that has to be reckoned with. And my brothers and sisters, the only way to bring your body under subjection is through fasting and praying. Jesus set the standard. So if, if we, if one would say, 
I really don't need to fast and pray that much. Look at the gospel of Jesus Christ. 40 days and 40 nights preparing himself for ministry. Now, if Jesus had to prepare himself for ministry, what about us? And it's ongoing. So let me let me move on. And and with so the, the idea of Lent really comes through from you know that 40 days and 40 nights of Jesus fasting, preparing himself. So um, and there was different practices that emerged, like giving up some um, through Lent season, people give up things, you know, luxury or um, some of their personal sacrifices for that season. So they call it Lent season. So during that time, um, people say that they would give up something, you know, you know, that they smoke or drink or whatever. They feel like that, you know, they would give us something during the, the Lent season, you know. You know, and so really, when you look at that, it really, praise Jesus, it takes you away from the cross. And then it focuses on the Lent. You know, so it focuses on the centerpiece of Lent and not really focus, focusing on the cross. So that there's, you know, there was those that criticized, you know, that, you know, that right and criticized claiming there was, you know, you know, criticized what was done because there was really no scriptural basis for it. Let us know that it was man's tradition. So in that case, we want to focus it on the cross. Now, with the Lent season, you know, that people, you know, yet even like I'm speaking tonight and talking about tonight, it is yet going on. It has already begun. Remember, I said 40 days before Easter. And so we are in, I had I had the breakdown, but we're just a few weeks. I think we're like in the third week away from Easter, I believe. And uh, if we was the third week from Easter, then it would have been three weeks into Lent. And every week represented a certain area of that week. So, all right. Now. It brings us into now Easter. Now, this is not um, um, really about Easter tonight, but I want to focus in on the cross because I believe that there is a great deception from the enemy, according to Matthew 24 and 24, if it's possible that the enemy will fool the very elect of God. So let, let's go a little further. Are you with me? Stay with me. So Easter, originally it was a, a Saxon word for denoting a goddess of the Saxons uh, in honor of the sacrifices that were offered about the time, about the same time as the Passover, okay? You that are in Christian, don't we understand what the Passover is, all right? Um, during the same time, the name came to be given to the festival of the resurrection of Christ, which occurred at the, at the time of the Passover. And that was done in the early, you know, um, early English versions of the word um, that we have today. So that was originally in the Saxon word, all right? 
And um, so we know that the translation from the Saxon word to the Greek translation is the Passover, okay? So you'll find it in, actually get, get your Bibles, if you would, um, Acts chapter 12 and verse 4, all right? Acts chapter 12 and verse 4. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four um, quarterings of soldiers to keep him, intended after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So you'll find the word Easter in Acts chapter 12 and verse 4. All right? So there was four quads of soldiers and Herod, Herod, had, Herod, Herod had did this. And he was intending to bring Peter um, out before the, the public. Herod was on a rampage of persecuting the church. And so since he thought that it, it pleased um, the people to see what he was doing. Um, he gets Peter, all right? So let me, let me move because I want to get over to 1 Timothy. You'll find, my brothers and sisters, just a quick summary. If you go over to St. John chapter 18, and uh, actually... That probably that whole 18th chapter. John, like the other gospel writers, John covers the events leading up to Jesus' crucifixion. Um, but he adds some fresh details. All right? He reports about, you know, that they went through the mob, the mob came to arrest Jesus. And when Jesus tells him from the mob that I am, and Peter identifies um, when, well, when Peter was there, and I am, and identifies Peter as the disciple who drew the sword, all right? If you look at when Jesus was in the garden. Put a pin there. Go back, my brothers and sisters. Let's, let's, let's walk back. Go back with me to the Old Testament. Just for a brief minute. Do you recall when um, God told Moses to um, go and get his people and talk to Pharaoh. Do you remember that? And Moses gets there and says, well, who shall I tell them to send me? He says, I am that I am, right? Jesus comes back in the garden and when the soldier asked him who he was, 
He, he responds and says, I am. Now, well, we'll praise Jesus. Go, go. I'll tell you what. Go with me to St. John, the 18th chapter. I really wasn't going to go there, but I, I think I need, I need to move there just for a minute, not the whole. And if you jump down to chapter 18 and verse 4, Jesus, and the Bible says, Jesus knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto him, he asked a question. The question is, whom seek ye? That was the question. Now, the answer was Jesus of what? Nazareth. They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus said unto them, I am he. Huh? Now, as soon as he said that, if you look at down, jump down to verse 6, as soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Let me tell you something. Oh, praise God. Oh, my God, to the hallelujah, Jesus. The power of I am. And now, uh, trust me, I'm not going to change the, uh, my thought tonight. You know, I'm, I'm still with focus on the cross. But the power of I am. My God, tonight, my brothers and sisters, when you have Christ in you and you've been focused on the cross, the power that you possess within yourself has given you the power to be an overcomer in everything that you can go through. It's so powerful, hallelujah, that even if the enemy comes against you, when Christ is in you, the hope of glory, oh, whatever that thing that has came against you to do to you, it has to take a back seat. Y'all receive that? Come on, put a praise on it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, my God. The Bible said they fell back and they went to the ground. And you know what? Now, just this, this is just my, this is Pastor Clay's imagination. Then Jesus asked him a question again. Uh, who seek ye? Now, you know, my, I'm, 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 I'm picturing this. I'm picturing, here's this group now. They're, they're on the ground. And Jesus is standing up over top of them. I, I wish you could tell somebody, I wish you could talk to somebody and say, listen here, uh, my problem is right before me. But I'm standing over top of it. Now, you ought to put a praise on it. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's only because, huh, that I am. So, they answered him again. Now, listen. Now, oh, my God, tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus is talking to them again. But now they're on the ground, and they're asking again. They said, uh, we, we, we want Jesus of Nazareth. As Jesus said, listen, I told you, I am, 
I am he. I am he. Huh? So anyway, let me let me move with that. Do you not know that? Oh my God. Nine times. I pray this will bless somebody. Nine times they tried to kill Jesus. Nine different times they tried to kill Jesus, but they couldn't because it wasn't his time. Do, do you recall the conversation Jesus said? He said, listen, nobody takes my life. I give it up. How powerful is that? My brothers and sisters, when we, on, when we focus on the cross, why does it, I don't want to use the word why, listen to the power of God's word. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Nine times they tried to kill Jesus and they couldn't do it because he did not or the fulfillment of his mission was not finished. You'll, you'll find in the text later on, remember when Jesus sat down? And said, um, it is finished. Or when he said, it is finished. I believe the Bible. I believe the God of the Bible. And this is to bless you. It doesn't matter what things come against you. Focus on the cross. The enemy cannot. He can come against us, but he can't take anything until your assignment is finished. And a lot of us have just started. You have just started this journey. You, you've, you've just started in it. And the enemy is trying all that he knows how to discourage you, put weights on you, that you see all of the negative stuff, and he's doing his best. Now, remember, I think I told you what, Matthew 24 and 24? Will you please go back to it, my brothers and my sisters. Huh? Let's, let's look at it again. For there shall rise false Christ, false prophets, and shall show sign, great signs and wonders. In so much that if it were possible that they shall deceive the very elect of God. The great deception of the enemy. One of the many, the great deception, you're not going to make it. Just look at you. Look at the Goliath in your life. Look at all the stuff that is coming up against you. You're not, you're not going to survive this test. You're not going to survive this trial. But the devil is alive. My brothers and sisters, we got to focus on the cross. 
Now, listen, let me, uh, um, okay, chapter 18 will give you that quick summary of, of all of that. Peter denies Christ, and, and uh, the, there's a detailed description of the trial before Pilate in that 18th chapter. And all of the, again, the frustration, um, he's frustrated with the attempts of that weak governor to release, you know, the person in prison, you know. All of that's in, uh, in, in St. John. But John also adds a um, graphic account of Christ on the cross. And then you talk about, you know, concern with, with Mary and whatnot. But I want to go and over to um, First Timothy. Can you meet me at First Timothy? First Timothy uh, chapter 1 and verse 1. Can you meet me there? All right. Paul brings it up. Paul talks unto Timothy, his spiritual son, all right? And actually, one of those pastoral letters to Timothy. Timothy's a young preacher now, young pastor. And his spiritual, this is Paul's spiritual son. This is kind of where we get, I don't say kind of, but this is where we get when we use the word um, my spiritual son or spiritual daughter, um, whoever you get saved under. You get saved under the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and, and your pastor, if you get saved under that pastor, um, you become a spiritual, you know, son and or daughter. And this is where we get, you know, spiritual uh, um, sons and daughters from. Paul was a, spiritual son of the Apostle Paul. And so Paul writes, and he jumps down into verse 4. He greets Paul, he, the greetings from Paul, he greets him, but now he jumps into um, the warning against false teaching. All right? And he said, uh, he kind of, talks about, he says, you know, when, when he left Macedonia, he talked about the, um, there was an urge to stay there at the Ephesians church because they were teaching things contrary to the truth. And um, Paul's saying, listen, don't, don't, because you, you have to focus on the cross. When you focus on the cross, you really don't have time to um, waste time with endless discussions um, about myths and, and, and spiritual uh, pedigrees and all the things that really lead to superstition and, and things that are really have no meaning. Listen, my brothers and sisters, they're trying to muddy what Jesus did on Calvary. The enemy's trying to muddy what Jesus did on Calvary, but it's not going to work. 
cross is powerful. Now I want you to know that Jesus is not on the cross. Jesus is not on the cross. He left the cross. The cross is empty. But the significance of the cross will remind us what our Lord and Savior has done for us. So we don't look at the cross for our deliverance. We look into Jesus. The Bible said, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The author. He, he created it. He's the beginning. He's the author and finisher. He is the alpha and omega. He began it. And he's going to end it. Since he began it, he's going to end it. Then we're just in between. And I, I can hear the Bible talking to me. Whatever the Lord has begun in us, he's going to finish it. Huh? Oh, he's going to do it. Now, with all the stuff that is going on and the turmoil that we are facing, my brothers and sisters, it really is a step closer to a greater anointing and a greater power in Christ Jesus. Don't think it's strange. Hallelujah, God. Don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials that come to try us as it's a strange thing. Hallelujah. We can focus on everything else. But let's focus on the cross. What did the cross do for us? Well, let's continue with Timothy. He says, um, there, there's some, if you look at verse 7, are you with me? This is 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Do you have it? Say amen. He says, desiring there be some that desire to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good. There are people that have missed the whole point of the law. And they've turned from these things and they spend their time in all of these meaningless discussions. Huh? And the scripture says that they want to be known as teachers. They want to be known as, let me see here. They want to be known as, I think the word we use in our time is Bible thumpers. You know, they want to be known as deep folk, you know, really spiritual folk, you know. Um, but they don't, they don't understand it. Because what they're trying to obtain is not obtainable in the state that they're in. Brother Pastor, what's the state that they're in? The Bible said that they have a form of godliness. They, they, they have a form of it. But they deny the power thereof. Help me say, let's focus 
on the cross. My brothers and sisters, look at the time we're living in. People are having the form of godliness. But they're not the power that they can go through Lent. Yeah, you know, just Lent. You know, they, they can go through the 40 days that before Easter and they can give up different things, you know, give it up luxuries and make personal sacrifices. And all, and you know what? Think about this. Fasting, fasting comes up so many times, but how many folk are just fasting just to lose weight? Nothing to do with loving you some God. Nothing about being more spiritual. Huh? You want to be deep amongst people. You want to be a teacher. You want to stand before the people and teach, but you don't understand. Huh? So look, look at, so then Paul talks about, and he says in verse 9, he says, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. The law is made for the ungodly and the sinners, for unholy and profane. The law is made for unholy, profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Now that right there was so powerful. And it deals with from people that were, were sexually uh, immoral, all of those, it comes from those that um, want to say that they're following the things of Christ and the way of Christ. But my brothers and sisters, they miss the focus of the cross. When we look at, and as the Lord says the same and the lay is coming, as we will go into another season of Easter. The time leading up, all the things that led up before Calvary. We're looking at laws that have been changed. And, and, and the, you, you mean to tell me that they have to make a law so people will know how to go to a, that boys go to the men's restroom? And girls or females go to a women's restroom. You mean to tell me they got to fix laws for that? Huh? You mean to tell me that they have to really fix laws to uh, let us understand really who we are at birth? Look at the time we're living in. And we're scrambling and we're clawing for all these other things and other fixes that only God can fix. If you look at what Jesus did on the cross for us, I can hear the Bible talk to me. 
Though our sins be as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. It's the blood of Jesus, my brothers and sisters. I am determined like never before to understand the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So much power in it. The power of the cross that Christ had to pay. And I can hear it. If I be lifted up from the earth, we got to lift up Christ. You have to stand. Listen here. And it is old saying, if you, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. Huh? Paul tell Timothy, Timothy, man, listen, Timothy, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. You have a responsibility based on the prophets of the word of God. So you wonder, how can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? The world is hungry, and the world is thirsty. And my brothers and sisters, we have a great opportunity to reach the unsaved, not even outdoors or down the streets, but in our own families. If we focus on the cross. Now, when I say focus on the cross, not the cross where Christ hung, because if you notice... The cross that Jesus hung on is now empty. The grave that they buried him in is empty. Huh? It's empty. He was, he was buried in a borrowed tomb. They borrowed a tomb for Jesus just to rent. I don't know. Well, the rich man paid the cost because it was his, his, it was his tomb. And Jesus borrowed it. He borrowed it because he knew that he was going to get up with all power. And now listen, you you know what's so powerful? When you look at Christ on the cross, his mother then, and again, John chapter 18 will walk you through that. When he had gave up the ghost, gave up his spirit. Now his body's just hanging there, but while his body's hanging there, he went down into the deepest parts of the earth to finish a job that had to be finished because Satan had us bound and had us in captivity from the garden. Now let me fast forward. Can I can I talk to you? We are living epistles being read of men. Listen to me. We're living letters and people are reading us. Huh? Why don't we show forth the praise of him that sent us? Huh? Think about this. There were 
Matter of fact, let me let me tell you a story. True, true story. When we was coming up in our family, there was five of us, and I'm the youngest, and my uh, was a single parent. My mother, single parent, raised us. I really didn't know how poor we were. Because why? My mother never did showed it. She never showed it. Didn't know at times that we really didn't even have food in our cupboards or refrigerator to eat. Knowing that mother always made a way. What's, what's my point of saying that? Even though things may be so going so bad for you, when you focus on the cross, what or whom, I would say whom, who has God ever left without? David's made a, listen, listen, my brothers and sisters. Well, praise Jesus. David testified. You know, remember King David? All the stuff that David did. He was wrong. David, David was wrong. David, David had blood on his hand. David went through some horrific stuff. But he yet loved him God. Uh, David said, you know, he said, I was once young. And now I'm old. In my lifetime, he said, I never saw the righteous forsaken, nor its seed baked bread. That's the kind of God we serve. Praise Jesus, yes. Hallelujah, God. So let's focus on the cross. All the stuff that we're going through and all the attacks, let's focus on the cross. Let's focus on Christ Jesus. Huh? Yes, we listen here, my brother. If we could sit down and swap stories, my sister, if, if, if we could sit down and swap stories, I, I think we would be like Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, oh, if my head was what? Like water and my eyes are fountain, I would just, what? I would cry. We, you know, we could fill up a lot of buckets, just cry over some sad stories. But I want you to know tonight that the God that we serve, I'm talking about the God of the Bible, the God that we serve. Look at God's record. Look at the record of God. Huh? And we have so many testimonies. I can hear Jesus said, when Jesus came, he opened up his mouth and said, I'll never leave you. And I won't forsake you. I'm going to be with you even into the end of the world. I am not going to leave us. What else do we need? We'll have our times that we'll have to go through whatever the situations or circumstances that we come in. Illness, maybe poverty, without some things. But I want you to know the God that we serve, he'll supply yeah, you hang on, you hang in there. Will you trust the Lord? Stop focusing on the negative. Listen, oh my brothers and sisters, listen, listen to me well. I want you to catch this here. 
if you can put that much energy in feeling down and upset, dismayed, take that energy huh, and redistribute it and start thanking and praising God for your miracle, for your breakthrough, and what God has in store for you. I guarantee God will turn that things around. Oh, yes. I know he will because God promised. Well, can I tell you this? I do have this confidence. I don't know about you, but I have this confidence that if I ask anything, now that right there would put a, some brakes on a lot of people. Pastor, I'm, I'm there, but nothing happening. Well, you stay right there. Who said leave it? If, you, if you're there, stay there, because it's about to happen. Huh? <laughs> Did not David testify and say it? I was once young, and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor its see begging bread. Didn't the Lord say it? I'm going to believe God. With all the turmoil in our land, the wars and rumors of wars, we talk about China, we talk about Iran, we talk about Russia, and, and they're trying to be the number one power in the world, and all of the stuff that's going on. We need to focus on God. Huh? We are in this world. We're not of this world. We've been born again. The Lord will take care and handle every situation. It's really a win-win situation. Huh? For in Christ I live. And if I die, in Christ I'll gain. You have a no-win, you have a win, you have a win-win situation, my brothers and sisters. So tonight I just wanted to share with you. Briefly about focus on the cross, about Lent, you know, where that came from and how it originated. And uh, again, that, you know, that Jesus fasting that 40 days and 40 nights in the desert that prepared him for public ministry. That was preparing him for what we are going through right now. That what Jesus went through. He prepared us. And listen here, I got one minute left. As Christ suffered in the flesh, do what? You get ready and arm yourself likewise. But Christ was victorious. Huh? We have a lot of uh, battles to fight. But the war is already won. May the Lord bless you. May God smile upon you. I thank God for you for stopping in and stopping by with living the word. Be blessed of God.